You are listening to the Body Charge Podcast, and I'm your host, Sandy Sanderson. Welcome to the Body Charge Podcast. And today I have a special guest, Daniela Malozzi. And we'll be just we will be discussing a very big topic. Um, it's about fear and how demotivating it can be and how to overcome it. Daniela, if you haven't heard before, because she's done a podcast with me before, is a muscle corrective therapist, life and mindset coach, hypnotherapist at her business, Body Awakenings. And she's also known as the happiness queen on Facebook. And I welcome, welcome aboard today, Daniela. It's so lovely to catch up with you again. Always a pleasure, Sandy. Yeah. So fear is the number one tool of manipulation in the world because it's usually our weakest part. It can be powerfully exploited by others if we are not in control of our own reactions. Today, we'll talk about how to strengthen not only our muscles, but our mind to become the master of our fear. And, you know, fear is a massive stress on the body. And if we don't learn to control fear, we find ourselves in increasing states of anxiety and fear, and that actually depletes our physical body as well. So first I want to ask you, Daniela, why does fear immobilize us so much and even make us do stupid things? What happens to the brain in a state of fear, anxiety or worry? What does it do to the body? Great question and even greater inquiry. So our brain is so smart. It has different compartments and different segments. And I have studied the brain for many, many years based on a need to understand my own brain and why I feel certain things. And But that kind of delved me deeper into the rabbit hole of what this brain actually does. And it is like the best untapped programming software that we don't update. We get forced to do updates on our computer regularly and forced to do updates on our phone. But when are we doing the updates on the brain? But the first thing we need to do before we update it or upgrade it is understand it. So I'm gonna talk about the hind brain, the reptilian brain. Um, there's three parts to this part of the brain. And let's just keep it really simple for someone who may have not delved into this neuroscience or neuro neurology of the brain before. So the front of the brain is designed for critical thinking. That's our frontal lobe. So, you know, Sandy, you might ask me a question and I have to go into my brain and surmise the response to that question. And I would do that using that frontal lobe part of my brain predominantly. If you and I were in the desert and we're running down the, 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 the path and we feel there's a saber toothed tiger behind us, that part of the brain does not get used. Why? Because you have a greater need for survival than thought. So in that moment, we are so fearful of that creature running at us that our brain utilizes more physical energy than mental energy. And what that means is it bypasses when we're in fear, when we're confused, when we're overwhelmed, overloaded, same principle, it overrides the critical thinking part of the brain, goes into the primitive reptilian part, which as it says, reptilian is, it's almost like a reactive part. Fight or so flight. Fight or flight. What happens when we're in fear? We don't think properly and we don't react according to a higher level of consciousness. We react to a primitive response to fear. Now, unfortunately, because most of us are late, 
we're, we're rushing, we've got kids, we've got problems with work, we've got money problems, we've got virus, pandemics, whatever you want to look at as your stress receptors. It's like we've got the saber-toothed tiger running after us every single day. The body is in constant fight or flight. Now, you know what that does to even just the basic levels of minerals in the body. Yes. That's the simplest explanation I can give. You don't yes. think properly when you're afraid. Yeah, in fight or flight, the body is pumping a lot of adrenaline and that adrenaline pushes calcium into the muscles and that pushes magnesium out, calcium in. The calcium is the squeezing muscle. It squeezes everything. So it gives us the muscle activity that we need to bolt, uh, to run away from danger. And But then you need to rest and digest. When the danger's passed, you need to be able to sit and relax and then the magnesium comes back in, pushes the calcium out, and the muscles can relax and flex again. And the circulation is restored. And, you know, we have to be in that rest state to be able to get to sleep and have a deep and restful sleep. And if you can't actually move out of that, so that's the... Um, Parasympathetic. Yeah, the rest and digest is parasympathetic and, and the fight or flight is the sympathetic mode. If you can't switch to the rest and digest then you're churning through a lot of magnesium and you don't actually have a time time to do the housekeeping so during deep sleep and rest is when your body cleans itself out detoxes from the activity of the day which produces you know acidic byproducts and if you have a deep sleep, you wake up more refreshed the next day. You're ready to get out there, you know, confident, active. Your brain's firing on all cylinders and you're clear thinking and everything's working the way it should be. However, a lot of people today are finding themselves not in that situation because they're very, very depleted in magnesium because they've been under chronic stress or, or traumas for way too long and have not replenished. And I think that, there are many researchers that are um, uh, commenting that people feel more stressed when magnesium gets low just because it's a magnesium deficiency that causes that state. So the lower the magnesium, the more fragile we become, the more prone to fear and anxiety, the more easily stressed from the slightest little provocation. <laughs> better they consume sugar which then alters and affects the magnesium breakdown of the insulin pancreas interaction relationship magnesium is required mm. in that breakdown of sugar which many people don't know so what happens we're craving energy but we don't have the best access to that sometimes mentally mm. we grab the sugar then we deplete of even more magnesium so it's a it's, catch 22 it's a quick fix and so you get an instant shot but then you have a big crash because it it um, depletes, it's like a seesaw effect. The lower the magnesium, the higher the sugar sensitivity and the quicker the the um, the flares. Um, and the, low, the higher the magnesium, the lower the sugar sensitivity. So we have the capacity for more fat burning when we have plenty of magnesium because that allows in more oxygen and it's less acidic, actually it's more alkaline. This is interesting, Sandy. Uh, when we're talking about 
what the body has to do under stressful circumstances. I was dealing with this client, a beautiful woman who eats the most incredible food that you can imagine. You know, Greek lady, really nutritious, nourishing Greek, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables. Mm. She was as skinny as a rake. And she was not absorbing the nutrients because her personal life was so inflamed, so inflammatory that her body was so busy in trying to deal, the receptors of her body were so busy trying to deal with the stress, they weren't absorbing all of the nutrients. You could say the same is for magnesium absorption and people think that eating one carrot a day is enough. But what if you're so stressed that your body needs that one carrot just to deal with the little bit of stress that your boss gave you this morning or the mother-in-law situation that you haven't resolved so you would need to eat about five carrots a day 10 avocados which is why we encourage the supplementation something our grandmothers probably did not have to ever do because they weren't in that that similar situation. Yeah, the the other problem too is that constant stress produce and and sugar burning produces much more acid byproducts, so reactive oxygen species and um, these are metabolic acids and they have to be neutralized or buffered with with alkaline so that we get back to balance. Yeah. So it's um it's a question of always trying to get back to balance. Now, some people find have a big issue with rebalancing their pH. And so the acids actually wear us down. They dissolve us over time. They dissolve proteins. So you'll see people with thinner skin, more fragile bones. Um, everything starts to um, become compromised and not strong. But if you have the right minerals in the body, particularly magnesium, it strengthens all the collagen structures, your bones, skin, hair, teeth, nails, everything gets stronger as you reload with magnesium. And the more you push your body, including athletes, mind you, that overtrain can get into this acidic state where it also depresses the immune system. You know, they can start to catch every cold that's out there if the immune system's not working because they're low on magnesium because they've overstressed their body. So it, it, you could be a shift worker. You could have any kind of stress in the body. But, but we digress a little bit because fear is a particular kind of stress, isn't it? Fear is more, um, uh, it's false evidence appearing real. So it's really a fiction created by the mind, which is so fascinating because if let's say there's a predator type of person out there wanting to con you into something. Um, one of the main tactics they would use is to see where your hot buttons of fear are, what's going to, where, where, what you are most afraid of, uh, afraid of being alone, afraid of losing money, afraid of, uh, afraid of success. Some people are even afraid of achieving things. Um, you know, all sorts of reasons why I started to make a list the other day of all the possible things we could be afraid of, you know, afraid of what other people think. I mean, you could just have an infinite list of fears, couldn't you? Um, but really, when you analyze them, uh, none of them, none of those things that we are afraid of actually become realized. So so we we can look at it as a fiction and if we learn to master the fear and walk through whatever that imagination conjures up, we'll look back and go, oh, that wasn't so bad after all. I, 
you know, and that's, that's the building of confidence. So I know you as a life coach, one of the main things that you do with your clients is help to build the confidence and you're a keen perceiver of people's weak links in their chain, which is what are you afraid of? And let's conquer that. Let's make you a master. Do you know what I'm better at? More than seeing their weak link, I am. I pride myself on the skill of seeing people's not only potential, but seeing their highest self. Because I've trained myself to see that in everyone. I've trained myself to see that in myself for 20 years now, 10 years personally and 10 years professionally. And what does that mean? That means that when you look at someone in a particular way, it's easy for them to sit in that space easy because you're already seeing it so the law of physics say that what you vibrate at energetically will create an electromagnetic field of vibrational harmony which means if you're vibrating at a certain frequency like let's say a lower level emotion fear you know anger hatred shame blame guilt grief if you're vibrating at that frequency it's a constricting energy which means that things just feel a little bit difficult during the day but what tends to happen is because you're so constricted, you don't feel good. So then it's this perpetuating cycle of I don't feel good, I end up needing more magnesium, I need more good foods. So I pride myself on seeing the best in people so that I can teach them to see the same. Because the opposite of fear in my experience is faith. And most people don't have enough faith in their own human body. This human body is in a bloody miracle, absolute incredulous miracle and all i have to do is help people to really understand the language of their mind and their body realize how precious this gift is that they've been given from the day they were born they didn't have to ask for anything they were just given a heart given these organs these seven vital functions in their body so i i get really excited when somebody comes to me and you know with all due respect they're in physical discomfort they're in mental discomfort i get excited because i look at them and i think oh my gosh this poor human they've been playing their game at like 20 to 40 percent and i've got my own cheat codes for my game so i'm just going to help them press some different buttons on their remote control because life is a game you're either going to have a fun game or not and fear is constricting faith is expanding when we understand that on a visceral level on a physical level and on a physics level why would you ever allow yourself to have a negative thought for, for long? It takes about 20 seconds for a negative thought to take form, for any thought to take form. If you truly know that, and you have 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day, and somebody explains to you the logic behind your thinking, do you think that a person may take a bit more time to manage their thinking? Do you think they might take a bit more time to, to, to work out what this thing is inside of their head? Yes, yeah, so the, so there's different types of fear, um, and fear is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it can save us from from the lions and the tigers. Um, but it's a question of controlling it and being the master over the fear, isn't it? So you mentioned the prefrontal lobe. So that's where we have, you know, thinking and logic, and we work things out and we reason. And when we're in fear, and all the blood rushes to the limbic system, it, there's not enough. Uh, resource available for thinking should I go this way or that way um, so I think to overcome fear one of the strategies that worked well for me is to prepare for something if I'm afraid of um, a, let's say I'm, I'm going to give a presentation or a public speech and you know I really need to prepare I get, have to get my notes in order and make sure that 
I've got everything correct. And so, so then I feel more confident to go out there. So, and it might be preparing for a race. If you're an athlete, you know, the more, the better preparation you do, the more confidence you have. And the confidence comes from truth, truth in knowing something to be true about yourself. And I think this is hitting on the core aspect of how to overcome fear. The more you know yourself and what is true, the less, I mean, you still have fear. I don't think you can get rid of it altogether, but the more you are able to funnel it and control it, and I want, to, I want to talk on that, something that you said that was really powerful. Make it do what you want. <laughs> the preparation that you said, I really want to talk about that. So I've done so much research into the scientific backup of everything that I say that's, that appears to be spiritual so much, because I like to deal with both types of people, people that are very open-minded and people who are quite closed-minded. And I need to have the science for them and the spirit for them. So that's given me a really lovely balance. <clears throat> there are so many athletes who weren't able to physically train due to injury, but refused to give up on their Olympic dreams. So they brought in these professionals who encouraged and educated them to train just through their mind. So this is something that is a really useful thing. Remember we said about it takes how many seconds before a thought takes form? 20 seconds. So if you can create so much strength in your brain that an event has already happened, then your body believes it's already happened. That means your body's taken on the signature vibration of that feeling. Then just like when you've watched a movie, you've tricked your brain, your body into believing that that thing's real. So when it comes to the actual event, your brain's already rehearsed how it will, how you want it to go. So you don't imagine all the things that could go wrong. And if you do, then you imagine the response to things going wrong, which feels right. Well, so that's, like how, that's how you balk yourself. If you have that doubtful thought, then you fall off because you've had that doubtful thought. So it, you can actually sabotage yourself. So what you think you are, what you think happens. So people don't realize how powerful they are, that they create their own reality with their thoughts. So if you keep being afraid of something, you start to attract thing you're afraid of you actually make it happen so if it's about really helping people to understand they have this power and I we're not like we're not taught magician. that at school you're the magician and well your brain is the magician and you're the assistant so if you I mean you could flip it if you like you could call yourself the magician and your brain the assistant however you like it but when you understand that you've got this internal support network like you literally have an army of builders inside your body that digest for you they beat your heart they bleed your blood they transfer your blood there's such an army of helpers and there's an infinite wisdom inside each of us if only we take the time to look at it but you know let, let's just talk to to people that have no idea about any of this let's just keep it really simple fear is really necessary for certain aspects of life but when prolonged, like through media sources, like through perpetual health fears, like through unresolved family issues that continually exacerbate. and Unresolved, never having unresolved. a break from it. Yeah. You don't move. If you don't resolve your past, you can't move forward. You just can't. It's like a leaky tap energy constantly. So how do we resolve something with a family member that's not capable or able or even alive? Or, or maybe how they've adopted something from childhood, which is a negative belief about themselves. And it's always a stumbling block. And you know how you can understand a theory of something or intellectually understand something, but then emotionally 
the opposite thing happens. You can't get over that emotional hurdle because that's such a deep experience that was ingrained from a long time ago that people find it hard to get over that. And it's frustrating for them because they know what's happening, and the, but they just don't know the technique or how when you say to have faith, sometimes it helps to have someone else look at you from the outside in which is what I found very helpful over time when I didn't believe myself, someone outside of me said, but you can do that. I, I, I think you can do it. You, it would be easy for you just go ahead and do it. And the, and people that I look up to and respected like my university lecturers or very influential people in my life, when they said I could do something, suddenly I stood taller and I did it. And I really surprised myself. And I thought, why does it take someone else to, to, to tell me I can do it and then I can do it? How does that happen? Well, that's interesting. I remember when I had a very confronting moment in Cambodia, I was attacked by a gorilla and I was, yeah, pretty stuck. There was no monetary access and I was on my own there. And I remember I read, feel the fear and do it anyway. I don't know if it was a book or something, but I didn't have much internet access. And I remember the thought of, I can either face this fear and run, or I can just be, yeah, I can be paralyzed by this feeling or I can move through it. And my brother actually said something to me. He said, if you leave now without completing, just, I was only there for four days. It was the most incredibly confronting four days. He said, if you, if you leave now, you're never, you'll never um, cement that feeling inside of yourself. You won't be happy with yourself. And I, I, didn't, I didn't quite know what that meant until I, I remained for those four days. And I realized that by facing that fear, I was having faith in myself and in the world. And I was a little bit stuck financially. I sent a message out on social media and I had this flourish of support from people who I'd met for a moment in the world. And so for me, have faith, means step into the unknown knowing that it will be okay trust that your brain works for you even if you don't know how there's books to teach you there's therapists to remind you there's university educators and meditation helps a lot but meditation is the most confronting thing a human being can do i've been promoting meditation for years the amount of people that say i can't meditate so this is what i say now Mm. meditation is becoming familiar with yourself of course that's confronting. You've been running away from yourself all your life. So to wow. sit there, shut up with your mind, it can be extremely uncomfortable. But anyone who takes the time to sit down and sit with their mind and their body will get a result. And I know it's hard, but believe me, being unaware is hard and being aware is hard. So you've got to choose the hard. Yes. And in time, just like when you go to a gym, that weight will get lighter and lighter. The weight, or you could use an analogy of a toolbox, learning how to use tools to unlock unlimited potential in yourself. People need to first understand that there's unlimited potential that they probably haven't tapped into, not even the tip of the iceberg as to what's there available. If you know how, if you know how to open up those doors with the right set of tools, so um magical sandy it's magical like i manifested the man of my dreams from meditation i've manifested a property against all odds being on my own in a new country like i have manifested so many things through 
So I have different meditations. Some are just pure silence, some are manifestational. And I imagine the life I wanna live and I teach my body what that would feel like. Then when I open my eyes, it's as if I'm stepping in to that reality. So I just wanna encourage people who aren't meditating to understand that meditation is not a woo-woo spiritual thing. It's a form of medication for the mind and body. It's been proven to increase telomeres, which are the chromosome ends, which depict how long a person's gonna live. But more importantly, it allows the body to go into the parasympathetic nervous system, which naturally allows the body to be at its baseline state. And then body, your body has wisdom. The body has wisdom. So I find meditation a way of consulting my wise body self as to what it needs. And, 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 to, and to move into a sense of really deep rest into the center point, the center of the storm. So we live in a house with a lot of people and there's noise and kids and people coming and going. But when I need to, I'll just sit there in my little quiet center of the storm and rest and recover. And so it's a tool, it's a technique you learn. You don't automatically know it. It helps if you if you have some training. And it gives people half a second reaction time. I, I liken this to the days that I don't meditate, which are very rare these days. But those days where I don't meditate, I'm more likely to have an egoic reaction on the road when someone cuts me up. I'm more likely to be inflamed when all the traffic lights are red and I go, wow, I'm really annoyed today. What's wrong with me? That's just missing one morning of meditation. That shows how much mindfulness we really require. And the days I meditate, I have half a second to manage that reaction and say, red lights, ah, let me express some gratitude. Persons cut me up, send them love. They must not, they must be in difficult circumstances to do that. That's yeah. what meditation does. A lot oh, more focus, a lot more focus in the mind, passion. quick passion. reactions. Um, yeah. And also it's a difference in, in brainwaves. So there's been a lot of research in this area. So when you meditate, you're moving into alpha brainwaves yeah. more often. Uh, I mean, you can go deeper, but you might fall asleep. But in that waking state, it's usually alpha brain waves. And sit up, sit up to meditate. Don't lie down. Body, yeah. And but when legs. when you're in that traffic and you haven't meditated, alpha brain wave state still. Then you're in beta. When you're in that staccato, and you can't shut down, and it's not, it's misfiring in all directions. When else are we in beta brain waves? Let's talk about that. Radio, listening to the radio, yeah. watching the news, TV. And in fear, Thinking. states of fear. So fear. so be careful of how much fear porn you absorb from the media because mm. that's not good for you at all. So be disciplined. Yes. Yes, Sandy. And you know what? What a beautiful journey. Imagine if we taught this at school. Well, yeah, it would be a very different world. But if we... If it we will be one day, I'm sure. We'll get there eventually. I, I meditate that. I manifest that kind mm. of a school. Um, but imagine if you just took a it moment. It is happening. <laughs> to imagine, yeah, exactly. Imagine that you took a moment to understand what is happening in between these two ears. That is going to be the greatest gift that I think a human being can give themselves is to understand how they think, how they feel. If you understand that, you're more likely to be able to better manage it and control it. And life is much more fun when you love the body you're in and the mind that you are stuck with for this period of time. So you may as well learn to love it. Yes, make the best, make the best of this game of life. So yes. we're going to do a few more podcasts coming up in the future. 
I'm so excited because it'll be a really good series of self-development type podcasts. And so if you need to connect with Daniela, um, would you like to advise people of how they can find oh, you? Yes. So I'm no longer at Body Awakening Studio. So you can cross that one off that introduction list, Sandy. I'm no longer there. I um, I work from Engadine in uh, the Sutherland Shire. I Sydney. do online sessions in Sydney. I do online sessions. I do international sessions, coaching sessions with people in different countries via Zoom. Um, I've got books coming out. I do workshops. But if you want to contact me, the website, very simple, www.thehappinessqueen.com because health is happiness if you enjoyed this podcast please click like if you would like to hear more podcasts coming up click subscribe and to get updated about magnesium and special offers please subscribe to our newsletter at electromagnesium.com.au